Hi, I'm Leon Gorin, president of PEO Leadership, a peer-to-peer leadership advisory firm. We're an amazing community of CEOs, presidents, and senior executives. Ask yourself, are you learning as fast as the world is changing? It's time for Ontario business leaders to band together for counsel and support. It's time for you to tap into the business wisdom of our peer groups and unlock new ways to grow. I want you to come out of this COVID crisis a better leader and your organization ready for what's next. Take the first step at peo-leadership.com. Welcome to our Snippets podcast. Sam Tabrizi, tax partner and private client service tax leader at RSM Canada, will be joining us today. RSM is a professional service firm and the global leader in audit, tax, and consulting for services for middle market companies. Sam has been specializing in tax for over 12 years, and today we'll get him to share some of the potential changes that may be coming down the pipeline and may have an impact on you. Sam, it's great to have you with us today. Thanks, Leon. I'm happy to be here. So, you know, as we get started here, you know, one of the big things, obviously, that's on the top of our leaders' minds is the amount of spending the government has had to do over the last, well, almost a year now in response to the pandemic, and all for good purposes and stuff. But a lot of our leaders are now wondering, how are they going to be able to afford this? And are taxes going to change uh, in the next 12 months, the next 24 months? And if they do, where are they sort of going to get hit and what type of changes are going to happen? And there's a mixed bag of whether people believe this will happen or not. Um, but Sam, I'm hoping you can share, you know, your own thinking around possibly some of the areas that they may try and touch and may impact uh, Canadians across this country. So um, let's get started. What would be the first thing you think they would hit? Well, I think uh, just in general, it, it's a fine balance to kind of, you know, increase taxes, but yet try to stimulate the economy. Uh, the government has its uh, work set out for them. Um, there's been a lot of speculation amongst tax professionals and accountants in general about what the remedy would be to kind of lower the deficit. Uh, I'll talk about three areas that the government may target in order to bridge this difference. The first possible scenario is that the government may raise the, inc- the capital gains inclusion rate. Uh, As you may remember, the capital gains inclusion rate was increased several times in the past. It went to 66 and two thirds percent, then all the way to 75 percent back in 2000 and then back down to the 50 percent we enjoy today. Um, So looking at the rates today, when you sell any non-registered investments such as real estate, stocks, capital assets and things to that nature, only 50 percent of the entire gain is taxable and included in your taxable income. By raising the inclusion rate to 75%, three quarters of this gain will be taxable and taxed at your personal rate. Um, so let's take an example. Uh, let's say you purchase a stock for $100 and it goes up to $150. So it's a good thing. And you, and you decide to sell the stock. Based on the current rates, $50 will be the capital gain. And 50% of this would be tax-free. So $25 will be tax-free. The other $25 or 50% will be taxed at your personal rate. And in Ontario, for example, the highest tax rate, highest marginal tax rate is 53.53%. So you'll be paying around $13 of tax on this uh, $50 gain. Now, with the inclusion rate hitting 75%, under the same scenario, $37.5 or 75% will be taxed at your personal rate, which at, again, 53% tax rate, you'll be paying close to $20 of tax. So as you can see, it's a significant increase from the $13 uh, 
of tax all the way to the $20 of tax in my example. Um, yeah. now this, this not only uh, impacts gain assets, but also other areas of tax planning. For example, uh, tax accountants have used a restructuring tool called a surplus strip or a capital gain strip. This effectively allowed you to flow cash out of a company at the capital gains rate, which is lower than the dividend rate. Now, if the government does, in, does increase the inclusion rate to 75%, this will basically render this planning option useless. Now, uh, there are some planning opportunities for those worried about the inclusion rate going up. Um, one is you can simply rebalance your portfolio, which means you can just sell whatever asset you have. Let's say you have a stock that's gone up and, and you anticipate the inclusion rate to go up. You can simply sell the stock now um, and trigger the gain. Or there are some planning opportunities where you can kind of transfer the asset to your spouse, uh, electing out of the automatic rollover provisions and triggering a gain that way. Uh, by doing so, you're actually still keeping the stock in your family. Like, let's say you don't want to sell the shares outright. Um, so that's one option. Another option is to roll your assets to a holding company. Um, so there are options out there to kind of mitigate this. Um, but there also are ta other tax consequences when you do go about doing these things. Um, I guess it'll sorry. I guess it'll also depend in terms of where you're holding the asset, right? It'll differ if you're holding it personally versus holding it in a company. Exactly. Yeah, it would. And uh, but there are, I mean, you know, different ways of kind of trying to mitigate this or uh, planning around it. But uh, what I suggest is people should speak to their tax advisors and kind of get get a lowdown of what their options are and and plan early. Okay. Now, if they do make changes, and we'll get to some other thoughts that you have, typically, when do they take effect? Like, if it, does it come out in the federal budget in, in March or April, whenever they release it? Exactly. It comes out then, there's a vote. And then once it's like uh, implemented, uh, it depends how they do it. Uh, this year may be unique in the sense that they may again, delay the budget, uh, as they did last year. Um, it's it's kind of up in the air right now, but uh, generally it gets announced in uh, in March, and then there's a vote, and it gets royal assent, and, and you're and we're good to go. And so, if it if it does get released in March, then are you already? It's it's March 31st. They make the announcement as of April 1st. Are you still able to take advantage of these tax like planning, or are you already done? I think you essentially already done. Okay, and no, no, that's important to know. Um, what other? Yeah, that, that was the first one that you had. What was the second one that you had to think about? The second one it relates to uh, principal residents. Um, as we all know, the sky, the housing market has skyrocketed with the low interest rates. They'll continuously go up in value because the asset classes, such as real estate, will continue to rise when when there's low interest rates. Um, the government has suggested they will introduce a non-resident tax uh, on real estate or a vacancy tax of some sort in Toronto, perhaps, uh, yeah. similar to what was imposed in Vancouver, but they will likely not stop there. Um, one option that I've heard that may come into effect is there may be a limit on the exemption on principal residence. So currently, if you sell your home uh, that you have designated as your principal residence, you in effect pay no tax on the appreciation of the value of that home. By putting a limit in place, let's say, uh, $100,000 uh, limit, um, then any gain over and beyond this amount might become a capital gain or taxable in some form. So by doing so, they're basically going to you know, stagger the, the, the level of growth 
in the real estate market at the same time raising revenue. And this will mostly impact wealthier individuals, uh, assuming like, you know, the gain is on their properties are significantly higher. Yeah, no, that, that would, could be very painful for people in Toronto and Vancouver, for example. Uh, even Montreal, I guess, has been coming up as well. Yeah, so. or, or even, even individuals that have held their property for a very long time. I mean, um, generally, when they bring in rules like this, they'll, they'll set a specific date and say, after this point, whatever the increase is, that's what's going to fall under the new rules. Um, right. So, I mean, it all depends how they kind of implement this. And like I said, it's a balance of between, you know, stimulating the economy and also raising revenues. Okay. And the third one, actually, we, we, I know I've heard this conversation many times. I know this has been a big thing in the United States when you talk to a lot of the wealthy individuals there. You start talking about a wealth tax. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the political parties back in 2019 mentioned uh, a wealth tax. And in the throne speech in September, the government said it wants to tackle wealth inequality with some sort of tax. Uh, in July, the Parliamentary Budget Office issued a report that examined the impact of a 1% tax on family net wealth above $20 million. Uh, this would effectively create a $200,000 tax hit on top of your regular income tax. So it is quite significant. Um, but in, during in that report, the, the proposal didn't define what, it, what a family unit means, like what's defined as a family unit, nor did they distinguish between liquid uh, investment assets such as securities versus illiquid such as homes. Um, and now there likely will be some planning opportunities to deal with this. Um, but I guess the, the government's mindset is basically to reduce inequality uh, via some sort of tax. And then this is one option that's available to them. Wow. And if you see, so you just talked about three of those uh, different possibilities. Which one actually do you think brings in the most revenue to the government of the three? Uh, likely the, the first one, the capital gain inclusion rates, because it does impact pretty much everybody. The, yeah. the principal residence exemption limit, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a, a flat uh, limit across the board. Uh, different markets have different valuations for property and, and things like that. So uh, I'm assuming they're not going to go have a low, a low enough limit where it's going to impact a lot of people. So I don't think the revenue generation is going to come from 0.2 or 3, even the wealth tax. I, I don't think they don't want to scare people off either. Like uh, Canada is a country where a lot of immigrants come and uh, a lot of people with wealth uh, settled in this country. Uh, they don't want to, you know, scare those people off. Um, so it, it is a fine balance. It's a difficult thing to say. But I think the capital gains inclusion rate, there has been discussion many, many times over uh, increasing the rate and has been done in the past. So I think that overall is the best opportunity for the government to raise revenues yet, you know, keep everything in check. Do you think they would touch the capital gains exemption uh, for individuals? Um, it's hard to say. They've been increasing the exemption uh, yeah. year year after year, so I don't think so. To suddenly, you know, knock it down, it wouldn't really make sense. And also, the exemption isn't something that's, you know, it only occurs when you sell a business. Right. Um, so it's, you know, I I don't think so. That's my gut feeling, okay. and I haven't heard anything in the market that that would indicate so. 
Okay. And then you, you talk quickly, or not quickly, you, you mentioned a few other things. And one was that I, I sort of grabbed onto was the increase in the top marginal rate, which kind of scared me a little bit because we're already, what, at 53% if you're on the high end um, today. What's your read on that one? I mean, the 53% is, is Ontario's rate. Uh, BC yeah. has a similar rate in some of the other provinces. Uh, I think they, what they might do is uh, change the, um, you know, the spread between the rates. So right now at, at $216,000 or so, you, you start hitting that top rate, top marginal rate. Uh, they may like lower that to maybe $200,000, for example. Um, so, so you'd hit that threshold sooner rather than later. Okay. That, that said, though, I mean, like I said, they, they, they have to balance uh, stimulating the economy, getting people to spend and, and, you know, restarting the economy with increasing revenues. So I do think it's not going to be a, a sudden shock in March with many, many different changes. I think it's going to be a prolonged pro- process where they implement new rules uh, throughout a few years. Yeah, and I, I would agree. I mean, there's so many variables too. You got a minority government too, that who knows what happens if they try and put a budget together that doesn't get approved, really, and then they go to the polls. Exactly. So, uh, I, I think it's important that you know what we've talked about today and what you're sharing are ideas and thoughts of where they may tackle uh, or make changes to the the tax structure here in, in the country. Um, if you were, you know, what do you, what do you tell your clients today who are sitting across you in terms of what should they be doing to think about this uh, or to plan properly? Because it's such a big unknown still. So how do you sit with your clients today and talk about this with them? And what should they be doing? They should be speaking to their tax advisor, kind of going through all their assets and what their plans are for the future and try to create a structure where it, I mean, it all depends on how the government implements these new rules. There's, there's no, uh, you know, catch-all method that can block any type of changes made by the government. Um, but they should start looking at basically their their full portfolio and see how they can restructure or, or what what they can realize if they have any gains they want to realize sooner. And there's and they have no reason to keep keep that investment. They should do so. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to answer that. It it's all depends on the individual and, and their plans and kind of what their um, impact's going to be if, there are, if these changes do take effect. Okay. No, that's great. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights. Uh, no. It's been fantastic. And I know many of us will, uh, I know a number of people are going to listen to this and uh, maybe even reach out because of some of the challenges that they're faced and some of the thinking that you provided us, provided us with. No problem. Happy to help anytime. If you're interested in any of our live webcasts, The Way Forward and or any other snippets, please take a moment and visit us at po-leadership.com. You'll find a, on our site various previous recorded webcasts, which include guests such as Professor Janice Stein, Harvard's Rosabeth Cantor, Michael Beer, Rob Chestnut, Dr. Talia Varley, and many more as we cover such topics as mental health, leadership, the world reset, government stimulus packages, and a host of others. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again shortly.